It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. We roll through the latest news on the Bulls from the viewpoint of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. We hope you're ready because it's time to go full speed ahead. Now with Michael Kelly, here's your host, Derek Sharp. This will be a special show. We've got two outstanding guests coming your way first, and we still have some other topics to get to, as we always do here on our now weekly episode of Bull Speed Ahead. You're going to hear from the women's lacrosse coach, Mindy McCord. But first, Michael, introduce big guest number one. Very, very honored to have John Gordon with us today on this week's uh, episode of Bull Speed Ahead. Uh, as many people, I hope, know, uh, John is one of the uh, best-selling author, over 26 books now, one of the most highly regarded speakers in the United States. And what I love about it is, is this reinforcement constantly of positive leadership. And uh, we're so honored that you would come here to South Florida to visit with us here in Tampa today, John. So thank you very much. Great to be with you, Michael. So, John, actually the, the fun thing for, for us, the connection points we can make to USF is that you and I actually got a chance to meet and work together back in 2005 in Jacksonville, even before your first a best-selling book, and uh, uh, folks, just 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 know that uh, you know John uh, was in business before in different different areas, and uh, he had a chance to uh, when he was just getting started. He came to me, and we worked it together. And John spoke to our team for the uh, Super Bowl host committee uh, that we were getting ready to host the uh, Super Bowl in one of the in the smallest market to ever host the Super Bowl. So it was just a great message to kind of reinforce and get us pumped up. My question for you that well, that's that's where we started, John. What gave you the courage to change careers and to now do the thing that you do so well and, and passionate about helping people. You know, what's crazy about that is I had no idea what I was really doing back then, but I was just willing to go share and speak. I thought I had a message that could encourage people. I felt like this is my life's work. It was my calling. And I still remember you inviting me to speak to the Super Bowl host committee. And again, I was just a, a new speaker, just going there, showing up, bringing encouragement, bringing energy. So I think I had energy and encouragement and just the belief that perhaps I can help someone in doing this work. And as you get older, you learn so much. You realize, I didn't know anything back then. I know a lot now. But I did have this desire to serve and inspire and encourage. And I knew that is what I was here to do. And it still drives me to this day. Like coming here today, speaking to the football team, speaking to the basketball teams. Like I am driven by that desire. And it will not change. It will hopefully take me for the rest of my life to do this work until my time is up. I don't know when that is, <laughs> but I'm going to do this work until then. Well, that passion and you haven't gone through it in some level of experience at that part of your life. Uh, another unique tie is that uh, you were a Division One athlete yourself, played lacrosse at, uh, at, at Cornell. And uh, what about that do you think what makes your messages through all your 26 books really resonate with coaches and certainly with student athletes as they try to master their craft? You know, when I wrote the books initially, like the energy bus, I did not know coaches were going to take my lessons and use them. I didn't know they were going to read the books. It's wild for me how they have resonated and brought me to the Dodgers and the Miami Heat and the Tampa Bay Lightning and all these teams like the Rams and so forth. I did not expect that. I think it's because I am a former athlete because I think that way because of all the adversity I faced and all the rejection and obstacles and challenges that over time made me stronger made me more resilient, taught me these lessons. Like, I was told you're not good enough. You're not going to play at Cornell. I was told you shouldn't even apply there. But I did, and I go there. Earned a starting position my sophomore year. So all the lessons I learned in sports along the way really taught me to do what I'm doing now, like to be a writer, to face rejection, to be told 
this book isn't going to make it. The Energy Bus was rejected by 30 publishers before it became published. And then bookstores wouldn't carry it. So I go on a 28-city tour, paid for myself. Five people in one city, 10 people in another. The most people we had were 100 people in Des Moines, Iowa. They thought Jeff Gordon was coming. That's why they showed up, the race car driver. <laughs> a little NASCAR action. There. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why they showed up, though. I mean, that's a true story. I get home, don't know what the future holds, but I know that i got to share this vision and mission every single day and just do the work. That's 2007. Here we are, you know, 15 years later. Book has sold over 3 million copies now. So not because I'm impressive, because I have grit. I have drive, and I learned that in sports. So I think that's why it resonates. But it resonates with corporate America, right? I speak tons of companies. I'm going to In-N-Out Burger coming up to speak to all the leaders of In-N-Out, one of the best cultures on the planet, on leadership. And they're ingraining positive leadership into their entire company. And I just love that because I know that positive leaders find a way forward. They're optimistic. They believe. They build great relationships and teams. And let's face it, pessimists do not change the future. They don't change the world. It's the optimist. So your belief in in this university, your belief as a leader in what your coaches can do, what the community can do, that is everything. And people need to rally around that. Too many people are pessimistic. Too many people go towards the negative. Too, people, too many people are naysayers and, oh, that can't happen. Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. And we have to stay more positive than the negativity we face. And that's what sports is all about. That's what leadership is all about. That's what life is all about. John, that's extremely well said and well timed for what we're dealing with as an athletic department, as a university. Uh, we have a, a fundamental state of belief. Uh, we use the terminology with the play on words with our team in terms of believing in, in, in what we're doing. Um, you know, starting the culture of things is so important. You mentioned some of the teams that you talked about, uh, you know, the Dodgers, the Lightning, the, the Rams, Clemson. Uh, and, and we're, again, very blessed and, and grateful that you uh, choose to work with us. Um, just, just the basics of, of how culture is, is, is built and, and, and why it's so critical to long-term sustainable success. Culture is the living, breathing essence of what an organization values, believes, thinks, and says and does. And it's created from initially the top down of what we value, what we believe, who do we want to be, what do we stand for, what values drive us. But then culture is not one thing, it's everything. And it's not one person, it's everyone. So now you have to have leaders sharing the culture, sharing the values, sharing the belief, the standards of behavior. And then you have a team and a group of people that bring the culture to life, that live it, that it's ingrained every day in who we are and what we do. And at the front lines, at all levels. See, where we often lose culture is at the mid-level managerial position or the supervisors of the front line. So at the top, we know the culture we want to create, but then we don't cascade the leadership and the culture down the organization. So the key is everyone speaking the same language. Every Chick-fil-A has the same culture in every restaurant. That is the importance of culture. That's what is special about Chick-fil-A. Everyone you go to has it. So if you walk around USF, everyone is talking the same language. Everyone is believing the same thing. Everyone is sharing the culture. That's the power of culture. It doesn't always happen, but that's called alignment. And when you have alignment, you have power. Think about the power of Chick-fil-A culture. You go there, and you eat French fries, and mostly people eat fried chicken there. And it's really fried. And then you walk out, and you actually feel like you just ate kale. <laughs> I feel like, oh, I just ate a Chick-fil-A. It's healthy. No, yeah. no, you had fried chicken and fries. <laughs> but yet you feel good 
And I bet there's going to be a study that shows people actually who feel that way, think that way, actually process the food better yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't affect them as much. As a bad eater like me, yes, I do consider Chick-fil-A health food. So right, right. right. And, it, and it's the power of culture. And again, love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but it's the power of culture that you actually feel good when you eat that. When you're in a culture, there's something about it where you feel it. In an Alberger being a client, when you go there, you have to work a year before you can even make a hamburger. And then you have to apprentice to make a hamburger because they are so focused on their values and consistency. And no manager can become a manager unless you actually start from the bottom. And that's their culture, and everyone understands their culture, and everyone realizes it, lives it, and that's what makes it so special. That's beautifully said, because again, timing, not only the alignment we need throughout this entire athletic department, besides beyond around this entire university, but even, our, even though we're an inside-out culture that you've helped us preach and establish, uh, it's important for all of our, I think, even our fan base and our donors or supporters to kind of understand it's a matter of this complete culture and this belief of, uh, of alignment. They need to know they are part of the culture. You right. know, the McCords taught me this, who are now, you know, Mindy's the lacrosse coach now. And Mindy taught me the fact that when you have a team and an organization, your families of the players are actually part of your culture. Your team is bigger than you think. And so you have to bring in the family. You have to bring in the community. You have to bring everyone and make them feel like they're part of the culture. So we create it from the inside out. The power is on the inside. It starts inside. And then we attract everyone from the outside to what we're building. But they have to know they are part of the culture. And what they say and what they think and what they value, what they believe, and the life that they're speaking into this university, into this community, is important too. It's like going to a Jets game or a Giants game, and the fans are booing, or the 76ers, and the fans are booing. Guess they what? Boo, they boo Santa Claus. Right? Yes, they, they boo Santa Claus. And guess what? They'll boo their team when they're not playing. Well, don't do that. You're part of the culture. Speak life into your team. Sometimes they literally will feel like they're at a away game, the 76ers. So you need to understand the power of that. And I get very frustrated because fans, I know they get down. I know you want to be better. No one wants to lose. No one wants to have a bad culture, Right. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Support and believe, and you'll be amazed at what happens. You know, working with Clemson, they were 6-7 and seven, Dabo's second year, right? They didn't have a lot of success. Jeff Scott coming from Clemson. I know him. He's a great leader. He's going to build a great culture, which he's already doing. Best coaching staff he's ever had, best players. But it takes time to build a culture and team. It doesn't happen overnight if you do it the right way. And I've been a lot of places, and a lot of guys – they're just able to get perhaps better players initially, but they're not better coaches and they're not better culture builders because the players they have, they should win championships and they're not winning championships. So the key is it takes a little time to build your culture, build your team. You got to support that. You got to believe that. And you create it from the inside out. And what, you, what I saw with Clemson is they stayed the course. And because they stayed the course, then they had success as a foundation. And now the community loves it. Whereas in the past, right, they want to fire them. So you have to sometimes stay the course and just believe in the vision and see where you're going and say, do we get the right guy? Do we have the right character, the right values? And over time, it will build it. I remember David Cutcliffe at Duke told me, even when they were two and nine, he's like, we knew we were doing things the right way. And we believed in what we were doing. And we knew success was going to come. It just took some time. And all of a sudden, Duke became a much more successful program. Bowl team, not a great team, not the best team in the country, but a bowl, a bowl game player team. And, and as a result of that, um, you saw the power of belief and the power of leadership and culture. But it took time. 
Well, John, we appreciate your time on behalf of uh, all of us as readers of yours, uh, those of us that are fortunate enough to work with you. We uh, really value your work, your insights, and your support of, of us, and particularly in this case, your support of USF Athletics. So thank you for your time, and we hope you have a great stay here in Tampa. Well, I come here because I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. I believe in the coaches here. I know most of the coaches in the athletic department, fine people, amazing people, great coaches, great leaders. And I see what you're building here, and it's exciting. And so love being a part of it, and I just feel led to come here and be a part of it with you. So I, I, it's an honor, and I consider this kind of where I am right now sacred space, and I'm honored that I'm invited into this sacred space. Well, thank you, John. Go Bulls. Stay tuned. There'll be more ahead with this episode of Bulls Speed Ahead with special guest Mindy McCord, head women's lacrosse coach here at USF. For almost two decades, Tampa General has been named one of the nation's best hospitals by U.S. News and World Report. This year in seven specialties, ear, nose, and throat, diabetes and endocrinology, gastroenterology and GI surgery, obstetrics and gynecology, orthopedic surgery, pulmonology and lung surgery, and rehabilitation. Tampa General Hospital. Other hospitals practice medicine. We define it. We're back to Bull Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. For our next segment here on this week's edition of uh, Bull Speed Ahead, uh, honored to have Mindy McCord, who many of you have heard about, heard me talk about a lot over the past couple of uh, weeks and months since we were able to uh, uh, recruit her here, her here to uh, USF as our very, very first uh, head women's lacrosse coach. So, uh, Mindy, welcome. And uh, first off, let's just talk about how your personal transition has been to uh, for you and your family here to Tampa. Yeah, it's It's been wonderful. You know, uh, second week in the office, so uh, it's been nice to get into a house and kind of have some consistency. But um, getting to know the Tampa area and now the, the university has just been more exciting every day. Tampa's as awesome as I told you it would be, isn't it? It is, it is. <laughs> Very exciting. It's also personally, obviously, you've got a, a, a son in elementary school, so he's been transitioning in, and you just also had your daughter's wedding out west. So how did that all come together and how meet your set, your, your expectations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, fast and fur furious, a little bit of a whirlwind, but it was um, really great to get out to Idaho and, um, you know, see Taylor and all of her former teammates that were in her bridal party. You know, that's a big part of... Uh, of what we do is build relationships so that they have them for life. And um, that was wonderful. I'm very happy for her. And LJ's doing well. He's, you know, enjoying school and ready to, to hit some uh, Champa Bay games. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's awesome that uh, Taylor has so many teammates there. As people say, you know, teammates are forever, uh, when you can, and especially if they come from a culture like ones you've built to uh, kind of keep it a, as, a, as a family and certainly something that we know. Uh, you'll be able to accomplish here. Um, as we, uh, you know, beyond that and getting settled personally, you've been able to, I think, put together an outstanding staff. We've been able to see it in the news a little bit, but maybe just speak a little bit to what went into your mindset and particularly with your associate head coach, uh, your your relationship with her and, and how that's kind of come together. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's very exciting to have, you know, our, uh, our group back um, intact. I think that, uh, you know, Brittany was in our second recruiting class, and um, she knows how to start a program and build it. And being in that foundational part as a player was important. And then her moving up the ranks and coaching to become an associate head coach and then go out to Stanford and really recruit the best of the best in the country. You know, she's become a recruiting expert. And um, because that's so integral in building a program here, we were so excited to be able to 
to get her, her back here. And, you know, I think one of the successes that we had in, in being able to build a program from the start is when you have a cohesive staff, you have an experienced staff, you have people who care about each other, you have these authentic relationships of trust. Um, being able to coach the sport, recruit good players, but all be like-minded is what our staff brings. It brings a familiarity, a cohesiveness, a family environment, and that's the culture we're trying to uh, attract. So I would say um, so excited to have this team with Paul and Britt and myself and um, you know, to, to start the program. Um, we, we were able to do it successfully at, at one school at the Division I level and you know, at, at, at a school like USF, um, we, we feel that the, the sky is the limit for what, what we can do here. Well, I'm so proud of you being able to get uh, Brittany and, and Paul on your team. It's uh, exactly the kind of uh, uh, team I was hoping you could put together, and, and uh, it's just very exciting. And it's already showing some, uh, you know, early dividends. Uh, I think your summer's been obviously consumed besides the personal transition with, with recruiting, and I know there's a lot of uh, specific verbals that we obviously can't speak about uh, yet in specifics, but in general, you being able to go to so many showcases, I've been so impressed with you and your staff to be able to also host camps within your first couple of days here that we've had uh, hundreds of young women on our campus now that uh, have been exposed to the future of USF lacrosse. So maybe to speak to kind of the reception you've gotten and, and, and how it's kind of worked out on the recruiting trail and who you've been able to bring to Tampa already in terms of uh, visiting. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been incredible. Um, the interest level is amazing. And, um, you know, being able to bring them to Tampa, expose them to this amazing city and this amazing university. Um, you know, we have 19 recruited in this first class and they're great culture kids. They're, they're great players and they come from great families. And, you know, players attract each other. So being able to have them here with uh, the, all these prospects and um, being able to show them this campus and why we're the fastest rising university and in the fastest reg region and the growth of this, this school and um, talk to them about your leadership and your vision and mission, um, you know, has been very exciting to, to be able to share in, in, this, in this early part of our hire, having all these kids here and, and experiencing us firsthand and what we have to offer them, I think is, um, has been such a gift. Well, as you, as you know, I think the great thing about uh, really the culture of our athletic department right now is just such a mindset of folks that uh, not only love this university, love this community, but uh, have the mindset to leave a legacy, to make your mark, and what better way to do that than with a, a brand new uh, a program to uh, to be the very first uh, to accomplish so many things <laughs> that uh, these young women that become bulls are going to be able to uh, uh, to be to be a part of. So I think that's great. So uh, also, uh, you know, part of what's uh, transpired as you've, uh, as you've gotten this great reception and seen the kind of uh, excitement toward uh, USF lacrosse, um, you know, you, you and with your recommendation and expertise and, and, and uh, uh, your, your advising to me as the, you know, as the leader of our lacrosse program, you know, we're, we're, uh, there's, there's a shift a little bit in terms of we, we're, we're, we're going to recruiting classes that are going to certainly be here as scheduled uh, for the 23 uh, you know, s school year beginning 2023-24, but uh, as it relates to um, you know competition in the American ultimately, and then ultimately how do we uh, the transition for what we might do the very first year with the first class that's here, and, and how that might lead into it. So just talk to me about how, how you're seeing our our program uh, roll out and, and ultimately get into our first year of competition and how that'll roll. Yeah, I think it's it's really important to build a program the right way. 
and and time being on our side uh, helps us to be very judicious in in forming the appropriate classes, not just recruiting all transfers where you just need the numbers to start competitive play. Um, it allows us to build two classes in the 23-24 class, train those kids, and then sprinkle in some transfers in your summers. Yeah, and key positions and things that you might need. Right, and, and experience. You mm -hmm. know, transfers provide some experience, but, you know, we, we've seen in, in COVID where these fifth years and these COVID years, these kids are playing over all these kids, and they're not being recruited in their traditional classes. So we get to get back to a model of, you know, recruiting the high school student-athlete, sprinkling in some of these transfers and I really think from a retention attrition and uh, a standpoint of building your culture that's gonna you know really set us up for a lot of success um, this 24 recruiting class that we're getting ready to hit the road with on September 1st you know absolutely we're getting some of um, you know great attention and t with some of the best top players and clubs in the country and and they're really going to define the competitive edge so when when you can build the culture you can build the talent you have world-class facilities you know and you have you have a family culture within this athletics department um, you know when I think about world-class you know I think about we're, we're having they're going to have a world-class education they're going to have a world-class experience and that just means that we're we're setting the standard to be the best and the best in the world. And and with your leadership, with the president's leadership and and what we're building here um, in terms of the, the facilities and the student athlete enhancement, which is second to none. I mean, it's, it's really what separates this university out of all other colleges and universities in the country is the human resources that are here to support these players, not only in their development and their journey as students and athletes, but as they get into their career. The, the model is fantastic. It's amazing. And, and you've set up such a great team of leaders here that our families are going to be really proud to be a part of. Well, that's exciting. I mean, when you think about America's fastest rising university, America's fastest growing region in the country, a uh, great place to come. And then looking at not only just a great ranked university, but so much diversity of different uh, majors and in, in ways that uh, our, our uh, Bulls will be able to kind of really pick so many different varieties for their future beyond lacrosse. Um, and then, as you said, it's been a cornerstone of, uh, as we talk here in the Leroy Selman Athletic Center, it was a legacy of his and his family to establish a world-class uh, mentoring program and, and to have a uh, enhancing you or our student athlete enhancement unit around that. That kind of creates, again, develops the whole total person. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of what you can get here, especially when you get to combine that with the type of staff you're assembling specifically in lacrosse. Um, I think that uh, really will create a, a second to a none kind of experience, and that's what we're that's what we're here to do. So getting back to our timeline, uh, you, you've uh, so, so this time next year when we're talking, uh, it, it'll be the the first the first team, if you will. That uh, uh, what, so what will we do in that first year when they're, when when, they're, when the first very mm -hmm. first players of USF lacrosse? Are we here? we'll play a fall ball, mm -hmm. and um, we'll try to get as many games in as we can by the NCAA rules and. Um, help them to compete, but without the pressure of a, a score, and develop those players, um, build our culture, um, really continue to build the culture here and, and being inclusive with all the student athletes. You know, we're in this district where they get to really interact and we want to be a part of these other teams. And then in the spring, 
Um, we'll redshirt those players, and now we'll have an idea based on our playing in the fall. What, what do we need to work on in our systems, our tactics, our technical part of our game? Um, we'll continue to develop in, in the weight room, on the field. You know, like having that extra year to, to help them form into the athletes um, that they, they have potential to be. And they'll help us recruit our next classes. They're going to be a big part of building this family. And, um, and then in the summer, we will recruit some transfers and work on the next recruiting class. And, and then you come into 24 with your 24 class and your 23s. Now we'll travel with some fa fall ball. We'll really try to give them a, what, it, what a, a season would feel like in that fall of 24. Get some traveling in with some fall ball, do another fall ball schedule. And then we'll hit the ground running, you know, with those two classes and some transfers for the 25 season. And, you know, we're, we're in one of the, the best conferences for lacrosse in the country. And it's a, it's a top conference of competition that we want to hit the ground running being competitive in year one. Well, it sounds like the great, uh, perfect formula into it, one that's very balanced but still very aggressive because we want uh, folks here that want to be a part of something great and aren't, aren't afraid of a great challenge. But uh, I think we've got the right to – the right runway uh, to, to build a very uh, successful and sustainable uh, program. So September 1st hits here in just a few days. That's kind of the launch uh, period for really the eva hard evaluation of the 24 class. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. We'll be um, we'll be doing some uh, in-home visits and we'll we'll have official visit weekends here and um, you know really working hard to to bring in a top class of uh, great people, great players, great families, and um, you know build upon upon that uh, the development of the program the last thing that I'd like to touch upon with our with our time here together on the uh, on, on this episode of Bull Speed Ahead uh, just had a chance earlier today to visit with John Gordon uh, obviously a very influential uh, uh, author and speaker and and one that's uh, got a personal issue with both of us but during a course of our conversation uh, he brought up one of the things that he values uh, greatly about you and learned from you uh, was that concept of not only building you know, the culture from the inside out, but then once you extend it out, uh, how important not only the student athlete, but the families are in bringing in and extending that family culture of the type of program you want to accomplish. So maybe speak a little bit to that and, and certainly maybe speak to how uh, you and John, because John was a lacrosse player and his, his family has been a lacrosse family. So maybe just touch on all of that as we kind of bring to a close. Well, so excited to see John here and, um, We've been family friends for a long time. Uh, you know, I think mentoring went both ways between our families. We had an opportunity to coach his daughter Jade and, and community lacrosse and club. Who's now, a, who's now big into uh, the John Gordon company as well, and she's, Positive she's girl. speaking out and everything. So. She's yeah. amazing, <laughs> and um, John was really integral in, um, especially in, in the early years. You know, helping us define our culture, like our program. Um, he was, you know, he has great books that we've always in, in incorporated into our, our team development and um, came to speak to our teams a lot. And well, we even gave him a championship ring in 2011. Right? So, you know, <laughs> we, we were we were like, you know, it, it takes a village and he's been a part of our village. And, um, you know, so with with him being here and a part of 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 uh, athletics and talking to our teams and helping to really you know give his wisdom on what what he really feels can help our programs get to that next level um, excites me we we uh, you know we feel that um, his brand and his his curriculum 
um, for what, what he has to offer um, our student athletes and, and our, our team within our, our staffing here. Um, I'm so excited that, that you brought him on board and, and I can't wait to um, continue to work with him down the road. Yeah, he has a great knack for bringing great clarity to a message and that, that every member of the team and the family can uh, can understand their role and the importance of what it, what, what, what plays in that. And uh, that's why I think it's just a good part of uh, a good centerpiece of our Team USF culture here. Yeah, I've been going back to the one question that you asked um, about what he admired about the culture building outside of the team was, um, you know, we found that a lot of coaches put families at an arm's length and, you know, and we, we felt that if you set the right boundaries with families and um, having been a parent of a recruited student athlete, mm -hmm. like parents want to be involved. They want to be a part of the process. And we found um, a right model with parent orientations and um, involving parents in the program in the appropriate ways to be able to include them um, and then respect the boundaries that you have to set. And I think as John's been around to a lot of schools and talked to a lot of programs, he doesn't see see that happening as much. And you know, and, and that's where being able to tie in that support for the student athlete outside of um, just your program is is going to continue to help us to develop a culture not only within our department, within our teams, but within our families. We want these these student athletes and their families to come back and be great alumni that love this university that want to be a part of this forever, mm -hmm. and and so being able to infuse them into this process and be a part of it, I think, has been a really important part of building a program, and um, you know, and and John was. Uh, had written about that and, and talked a little bit about that on his social media. So um, I'm glad that he found that to be something that he felt was important. Yeah, it was neat to hear how he recognized that and, and certainly your uh, mutual appreciation for, uh, for for culture. So, Well, Mindy, thank you for, uh, for your time today, and, and thank you so much for joining our team here at USF. We have a lot of uh, belief and faith in, in you and, and know that uh, you're going to build this program right and, and build a program that uh, – we're all very proud uh, proud of, and as you said, as you've developed these very first teams, uh, teammates are going to be forever, and it's going to be great to kind of see uh, uh, the success of this very first uh, couple of USF lacrosse teams coming together under your leadership. So thank, thank you. you, and have a great day. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Mindy, and thank you, John, before her. Well, pretty uh, good show, but we're not done yet, Michael. i got to get to your thoughts on a few things. Uh, of course, the last week was a big one, setting things up. Here at USF, I know you pretty much met with every team. Yeah, obviously with the with classes having started on Monday, it's the only appropriate you have beginning of year meetings with 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 all of our different uh, programs here, which was exciting. Uh, we actually started the week in essence on Sunday night with a huge uh, welcome back event, uh, as we touched on last week, uh, where it was just uh, it was really heartwarming, quite frankly, to see everybody together again after kind of we haven't been able to do that event for two years and to see you know, over 450 student athletes together in the uh, uh, into, in the uh, Marshall Center uh, ballroom, having fun with each other, getting to know each other, and then uh, hearing from our SAC uh, leadership uh, and, and, and myself was just a, a fun event. And then leading into, again, throughout the course of this week, there's been individualized meetings that is standard, uh, where whether it's compliance, whether it's all the student athlete enhancement, the academics, and certainly Myself and our sport administrators getting a chance to, to talk to each and every uh, each and every student athlete in their individual team setting as well. So busy week, but it's certainly <laughs> it's but it's certainly a, a fun one that you look forward to each and every year. I I just uh, love the fact that you get them together like that, and of course we had 
kickoff of the soccer season. We got volleyball going on this weekend. So much happening. But of course, football begins next week. Is game week? It's here, and I know that they do this from time to time. Have special guests come out and speak to the team. You had a special one just a couple days ago, right? Yeah, it was really cool to have uh, General Frank McKenzie uh, come out and speak to the team. He wanted to observe practice. He's a huge college football fan. For the, those that don't know, he had a, a highly regarded uh, military career, of course, and and and. Uh, you know, finished it off uh, as as the head of Central Command here at McDill Air Force Base. So, uh, when you have someone that uh, has had that kind of leadership experience, that uh, the understanding of working under pressure and having that level of decision making, having a chance to come and speak to your student athletes is quite a blessing, and hence why the university has selected and uh, honored to have him join our university as kind of the head of a of a uh, you know, kind of a institute that really focuses on on national security and an institute that focuses on cybersecurity and all that kind of funnels under his leadership now here at the university so to have that uh, here at USF in general and to have him specifically have an interest in athletics and with our football program was was very very nice and, and great for our guys to see him what struck me about the video that the football team shared was that he just seemed so uh, humble he, he didn't come across like this you know general that was going to be yelling and screaming and <laughs> he actually seemed genuinely genuinely appreciative of the fact that he was considered to, to talk to the team where it's probably the other way around you guys were happy to have him <laughs> we uh, were honored to have him and yes uh, he's obviously a great leader and expresses the level of humility that so many great leaders do but uh, you can also tell him mean, he started off his career at some point he was uh, at vmi he was a, a position coach uh, ah. in football so he has a special liking for athletics and football so Hey, it's, it's great to have his support. Someone that I know is very special as well, and uh, unfortunately we lost. And I, I know people know the name. What he meant to Tampa Bay sports is you can't describe it, but go ahead and try to. Yeah, I appreciate you mentioning it, but you're, of course, speaking about Leonard Levy, who uh, while some uh, listeners that are, might be new to the area may not know his name, uh, all of you, all of us are indebted to him and grateful to him for what he uh, he did really as a, you know, just in terms of his the time he was able to provide to civic uh, efforts here in the Tampa Bay community. Really, he and uh, many others, but uh, spent so much time back in the early 70s uh, really petitioning and, and trying to get uh, pro sports here in this marketplace and didn't know the owners at the time, didn't know a lot of folks, but he kind of continued to meet every owner in the NFL, meet the commissioner in the NFL, and really refused to take no for an answer in wow. terms of ultimately getting uh, the, the term Tampa Bay as a sports destination on the map and, and ultimately helping getting the Bucks here. So that then led to many things with uh, Super Bowls, Final Fours, the College Football National Championship games, uh, all of which uh, I had a chance to uh, get to know him later. But hmm. what I appreciated um, uh, about him the most from a personal and a professional standpoint is that when I was a 27-year-old newcomer to Tampa uh, and you've got this gentleman that basically put Tampa on the sports scene uh, to welcome me with open arms, to teach me a lot, to uh, uh, allow me to be a part of uh, uh, the scene, to being bringing more events here in the in the future, and then ultimately landing here at USF is uh, I'll, I'll never forget that, and and just really appreciate uh, again his his thoughtfulness in that regard. And I'll lead with this. I mean, the bottom line is I've never met anyone uh, that loved their hometown more, and the way that he his admiration and love for the Tampa Bay community is kind of rubbed off on me and I think many others in some ways is, is a great reason even I wasn't born here uh, why I love it so much as well so when you see uh, someone that puts that much passion in it, it kind of helps uh, helps give everyone a reason to, to to love it as much too and we're we're all very grateful for that because in some ways as I think Rob Higgins 
uh, called him and the head of our sports commission who worked extremely close with Leonard on many events as well. Uh, when you think about it, he really was kind of like the godfather of Team Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, and when we think about all the sports that we all take somewhat for granted now that, uh, again, it all started with, a, with the effort of some, and, and we are all very grateful. I'm guessing that Rob probably actually came up with that phrase, actual phrase, Team Tampa Bay, but Leonard is the person that allowed for it to even be a thing in the first place. So That's well said, Derek. So our condolences here at USF to uh, his wife, Pat, and to all his family. And, uh, uh, again, we, 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 we cherish Leonard's contributions to the Tampa Bay community. And we wrap up uh, this week's episode with, got to mention this, and Brian Gregory had his address to the media just a few days ago as we're taping this, and it was asked about the center on the basketball team, Russ Chiwa, and I didn't know that he wasn't with the team. And, well, there's a lot that goes into this story, but everyone has sort of gravitated towards bringing Russ home. He's actually in his home in Cameroon, but his USF home. Yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that, too, and it just really went all of our USF Bulls to, to be aware of that, be very transparent about it, but we're uh, uh, we're hopeful to help uh, Russ in any way possible to get, get back. And, frankly, it's, a, it's been a surprising and a – uh, somewhat frustrating process because even last year when he went back to Cameroon, his his, his home country, um, was able to get a visa returned in, in a day, came right back, you know. And so this year he's been there since early May. <laughs> uh, and it's been a wow. kind of a uh, process that's just taken much longer than anyone would have ever expected. And, and we haven't been able to get a whole lot of information as to, as, as to why. And so Russ, Russ is ready to get back here to uh, – uh, USF. He's uh, fin he's set to graduate here in December and pr then continue on in his master's work and then obviously his efforts here with with our basketball program. So we're grateful to USF, to USF World, to our our uh, you know, U.S. representatives here in the state of Florida, all of which are making efforts to do this. But uh, just just want folks any anyone that could possibly help uh, uh, get his file evaluated and moved uh, moved forward. Uh, we can't wait to have uh, uh, Russell back in, in uh, back here in. Uh, in the in the Muma uh, Basketball Center and, and here at the Selman Center. Well, it's great to have John Gordon and Minnie McCord, but if this episode can help get Russ Chiwa back to USF, it, it, that's the number one thing that I'll remember, but it was an outstanding show. Of course, next week we'll be looking ahead to a, a certain other sport getting going football. I know you're excited about that, so uh, I guess even busier next week. Yeah, it's been a great episode, <laughs> a great week. Every week's a, a you know fun week to, with something to look forward to when you have a vibrant athletic department like we do uh, but yes look forward to next week's episode when we'll be uh, just hours away from the kickoff of this year's football season and again we come at you every friday with the new episode that'll do it for this one for michael kelly john gordon and Minnie mccord i'm Derek sharp thanks for listening to bull speed ahead presented by tampa general hospital